0: Welcome to the Belly to Belly podcast, where we explore in-person business-to-business marketing. This episode is brought to you by Meet, the company that helps international companies exhibit at U.S. trade shows. Check them out at meetroi.com. Hi, and welcome to the Belly to Belly podcast. Today, we have a really cool topic. Um, So a lot of uh, our event uh, participation has... Uh, gone virtual uh, through the the COVID epidemic. And uh, and we actually, as a company, really see that um, this will be, uh, that virtual events will be a part of our strategy um, going forward. I think we we think that uh, virtual events um, are a real good complement to in-person events. Certainly in-person, meeting people in-person, will always, unless, you know, other than in times of pandemic, Will always be a you know kind of the go-to uh, way to connect with business-to-business enterprise-type buyers, uh, but uh, virtual uh, adds a great complement to that. And so, uh, one of the things we do see our clients struggling with um, is the the notion of, of exhibiting uh, virtually. I think uh, what we found, anyway, is is exhibiting in person. Is uh, a challenge, and, and we've seen companies struggle with that. Um, and then not actually seeing customers, uh, not seeing prospects, uh, and having sort of a much more of a virtual uh, presence uh, continues to uh, be a struggle. So we wanted to, to uh, talk about this today. I'm uh, welcome. Uh, I'm joined by Kelly Kenny. Welcome, Kelly.
1: Hi, Bill. Great to be here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Great to have you. And so we, we want to jump into this topic, Kelly, and you've uh, been participating in uh, virtual events for quite some time, uh, representing our clients. Um, and so when you look at a, a virtual uh, exhibit booth and you sort of think about um, the opportunities and the challenges, you know, what are some of the things that come to mind in terms of uh, how to leverage that opportunity best?
1: Well, um, it's a new world, and the reality is, you know, you still have to prepare, you have to think about your team and how you're going to leverage them within the booth, and you really want to think about your engagement strategy. I mean, you always want to have a call to action in any event, but you really have to modify it a little bit in the virtual world to really leverage the opportunity and differentiate yourself in a two-dimensional-ish world that virtual represents.
0: Got it. So, what, you know, it, and, and, and I get this question all the time when I'm talking to people about uh, participating in a virtual event, um, and I'm sure you do. You know, so, you know, we're, we're used to in a, in a physical booth, you know, sort of having the booth, having the graphics, um, uh, having people uh, and, and, you know, collateral and so on. What are the attributes that are a part of a virtual booth? And I, I'm sure there's some variation by platform. But what are the, you know, generally, what are the the various uh, different assets that are available?
1: Well, certainly the, the biggest thing is that it's virtual and you have to know your technology. So you want to orient yourself to it, especially if you're the key person setting things up. You, you really want to be like that high end user of the booth technology, but you want engagement features that are um, yes, downloadable. Yes, um, click to do a, a virtual one on one that moment. Yes, uh, uh, a video, a really quick snippet so that you can engage a person in whatever modality they're interested in as well as having it so that people can get a sense for who and what you are. So you still need your logos and your your quick one-liners. I mean really quick because in the virtual setting, think about how fast they can scroll by you. And so you really need your, you know, what do you do statement to be like two words, three words. Max. So, um, thinking a little bit differently about it's not just 10 seconds that that person's walking by the booth, you've got like two in the virtual setting.
0: So, sure. And so, what you're saying is uh, the different platforms uh, will allow um, downloadable PDFs or PowerPoints or various print type assets. They'll allow you probably to post videos, uh, explainer videos, and product videos and uh, things like that. Um, it sounds like they'll also allow various types of chat, either text, some probably it sounds like even video chat. Yep. Um, and uh, are there other features uh, that should be highlighted uh, about, you know, that uh, you probably have the ability, as you said, to put your logo up and maybe your company colors, depending on the platform. Are there any other sort of features of things that um, people can take advantage of with the booths?
1: Yeah, I would also things like uh, engage and act. well, because you have the analytics of who's coming into your booth. And so you're going to capture a lot more information than you would in a live setting, because everybody that comes into the booth, you're going to actually see that they touched in, and you'll have their contact information. Um, But things that you might want to do a little differently, you know, your engagement, um, being prepared with existing, like, I find having pre-typed up responses to quick questions in text is really because the chat feature I'm old and slow so you know I find that it's a lot easier to cut and paste to respond and get quick engagement with people because you're going to lose them pretty quickly if you don't have something and respond quickly because they're just they have one or two questions and they seem to be pretty consistent and so if you can have things that are readily available and they can execute really quick and get their and, and clever as much as um, what you might come up with in that moment uh, really help to keep people engaged.
0: Oh, that's cool. So having pre-scripted uh, text for kind of the predictable uh, answers and even probably as you're writing answers, saving those, uh, maybe first writing them on your script and that mm-hmm. way they become, you know for new responses, you're able to kind of build the inventory a little bit. Um, I've seen on some platforms too, where they have, and you had mentioned having a call to action, but where there's a coupon or a, an offer feature. Um, and, uh, there was one other thing I was thinking about that, uh, oh, and also, uh, set, uh, meeting setting, um, capability or the, uh, the ability for people to set appointments. Um,
1: yeah, well, and that's an interesting, based on the platform, um, hmm having the ability, A, to have people available in your booth to do one-on-ones right then uh, is really important. And, you know, like I find like managing a booth is a little bit different in the virtual setting because people are not standing right next to you. So you can't hear a question and go, hey, Bill's the expert on this. Why don't you chat with Bill? Um, And so you really have to have, I mean, I find when I'm doing virtual events, I need two phones so that I can text people and be in the middle of an exchange with one person while I'm grabbing the next person so they can jump on to a one-on-one or into a Zoom meeting or whatever the platform has available. So you kind of have to have a lot of technology and make sure it's all powered and ready and you know how to use it and your team knows how to use it because otherwise you're sitting there in the booth going, Bueller, (laughs) like,
0: where are you? So, so what I'm hearing is there are probably a couple of different roles. I, I guess you're, you're talking about there's sort of a, a a concierge type person who is the intake and they have the first interaction with any individuals coming, um, but that concierge um, might need to either bring in, it sounds like maybe a salesperson or a subject matter expert at some time uh, for specific conversations. Is that kind of how it, you, you see it playing?
1: Absolutely. It's, it is... Um... It is daunting when you first start and and trying to virtually see your team is as hard as virtually seeing the people coming in and assessing them and getting them and making them feel welcome. I mean, it really is an art form of communication and that's why having some pretext, having your team available and, and because you can do it in that moment, that person who didn't make the show ever, is now available. And so you have to preset that stuff up. So this technical expert that you never bring to a show ever because they're so busy and so, but that one key person that you've always wanted them to talk to walks into your booth, have them know that you might tag them in the middle of the show and ask them to engage with this person who is like, you know, the Holy grail of questioners. Can you help us? And it's really amazing the extra things that you can pull and draw out of a show by having those people available.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I suppose now too, these people, to your point can be in any time zone. So, um, you know, it's really just a matter of, are they available And do we have an easy way to access them to bring them into a conversation with somebody who's walked in the booth?
1: And one of the things that we've done just as a unique thing is taking that subject matter expertise and having them go live and do a live stream in the middle of events. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, you know, like, Off-stage content, but people who are really interested in that will show up. And so if you have great pre-event marketing and you're using social media to say like, hey, come see this subject matter expert about this topic at this time, either you set up a separate um, meeting room and you just kind of shuffle off whoever shows up and is interested in it, or you do just a live stream. And what we found is by doing these little live stream things, the unique people that show up that you didn't even know might be interested, it's really great for testing what your messaging is and who's interested. So, you know, we like to use these virtual events. We're attending more of them because they're easier to do and less expensive, but we're also doing a lot more testing during these with our, you know, what we're putting into the booth, who we're putting into the booth that we normally wouldn't even have considered in the past because they're just such a valuable asset that you wouldn't bring them for a three-day event or even a day event. And so just a 15-minute live stream thing, and you can really test two or three ideas at one time and use that going forward in your strategy when things become live again.
0: Gotcha. Well, and that kind of leads into what you had said on our previous uh, podcast on this topic, which was around the idea of um, if you have, if you've, Uh, Thinking about the strategy, if you have A events and B events that are sort of on your list, maybe even C events that you might, you know, where your normal in-person strategy would just have you go into the A events um, because that's what your both time and uh, budget allow you to do um, that because of uh, virtual, you're able to go into the list of B events um, and expand uh, maybe it's geographically or um, or you know, just taking adding additional audiences or the same audience in other forms, but to be able to expand what you're doing because of the efficiencies of of uh, some of the online uh, events, whether that's travel time cost, all that
1: as well as who you bring to the booth because mm-hmm. all right. of a sudden that elusive um, BD guy who's like, I'm not going to this conference. I've got too many calls and I'm I'm so busy with appointments and meetings. Well now, Hey, I just need you for an hour. I need you for two hours and I want, I'm going to line up six or seven. So we've actually, you know, viewed who's attending. We know what companies might be there. We're going to ping those people and say, Hey, are you interested? We've got this one or two people that you might want to chat with. while the event's going on. If you've allocated time, we've allocated time. It's, it's, immediate meetings. So we try to line those up as well.
0: Cool. And um, so thinking about the, you know, the the normal strategy that we have at in-person events is really kind of splitting the team into two different groups. One that's in the booth that we generally see as prospect identification. That's the sort of normal booth role um, in in in-person. And then there's the, then there's more the the BD side or the sales side that are, out uh, in one-on-one meetings they're at content they're networking and doing all those things outside of the booth Um, are the roles pretty much the same here
1: roles are pretty much the same and you do want that engagement person and one thing that we're finding that really works in virtual shows is having a social media person available and tweeting and you know any platform linkedin or whatever you're using um, and doing some, hey, so-and-so just dropped by the booth, we're really excited to see them, or, you know, hey, this content was just going on and it was really interesting because they bought up this or that. So we're, we're finding that having a person kind of view the people coming by, getting our messaging out, and um whatever engagements that are happening and just saying it's really fun to see that so-and-so came to our booth um really the engagement outside the event can be as much as in so it's it's a unique thing that we hadn't really done too too much of but you got to really expand your view in some of these events and uh the in event social media play is unique and it's getting stronger
0: cool and so we've talked a little bit about the team, but we haven't talked much about the the preparation of the team. Um, uh, what's the strategy for preparing the team?
1: Um, number one is they're a lot less likely uh, to be competent in this skill set because you know you've all walked a floor, you've all, and you can kind of fake it a little bit when you're. Um, walking the floor, you can watch other people and do things. But when you're virtual and you're sitting at a screen to just automatically know what to do, know what to say, know who to engage with, know how to play the, um, is it my turn? There aren't the body language cues that you get in a booth. So you really have to set your team up and understand that they have no idea what they're walking into and they are nervous and you have to help them. You have to say, it's okay, nobody's done this before. So let's walk through what you might experience. Let's give you some preset questions. Let's give you some set answers and please make them your own. But if you're not sure what to say, here's something. Try this on the first four, and then use your own words after this. But get it moving and you have to think through every element for them because they have no idea. They're just, it's just not natural and you have to just help them acclimate to the new, the new virtual world.
0: Hmm. Very good. And, uh, and so, you know, sort of following this thread, um, you know, certainly in in-person events, uh, follow-up uh, and, and measurement are, Two keys, let's take follow up first. So follow up, uh, uh, is it any different with virtual events? It seems to me you, you probably can make, because people are at their computers, you can make appointments probably on the spot. You don't need to wait. You don't need to follow up with a call later. It's, you know, let's set a time for next week, right? I mean, it's easier to close. And if
1: you have great booth assets, which is here's our calendar, Mm -hmm. I can sign you up with so-and-so today at three o'clock, what's your calendar look like? I mean, you should have a go-to calendar that you're booking appointments for people right there. Mm -hmm. Um, You should absolutely set those appointments where you can. And if you have the trust of the team, because they're like, why'd you set me up with that appointment? Well, sounded interesting. Just go fish a little bit and see what you find. Um, so, having that available, and as well, please have all your follow up materials and the staging of how you would do that and the communication preset and ready to roll and do it that day. So, everybody who came to that booth that day should get a thanks for stopping by today. And that should be followed up with great for stopping by. Do you, does it make sense to have a conversation? And you should have a drip campaign for this whole process and and an engagement lever in your booth that's going to have them opt into a specific stream of information or follow-up modality or whatever that need is for follow-up in your world. But please, please, God, how many companies show up at these events and then never follow up with the information they've captured? Shame on all of us. We've done it.
0: That's a lot of energy leaking out, for sure. Um, so I think the probably the last area in this is to talk about uh, metrics. Normally in in-person events uh, in the B2B sort of enterprise sales world, um, obviously it's a long sales cycle. So we don't usually measure sales made simply because it's a year or two years away from happening. And instead we measure first appointments with decision makers as the the metric. Is there any different metric that you would recommend for, um, uh, for these virtual events?
1: I would just add in maybe just another layer of engagement because you're higher in the funnel than you are in person. I mean, you really can't look somebody in the eye and gain that, that true trust and understanding that you can get in person. But yeah because you have the analytics and because you are offering different channels for them and you will see like they downloaded something they watched this video they attended this webinar that you offered so you can with the analytics because they're so much stronger than when you are in an in a live event because with sometimes when people just walk by you didn't know that they picked up that pamphlet or they did whatever so you have actual real quantifiable data. And I would suggest that now going forward that you start tracking those engagement points as well as the first appointments Mm -hmm. in your metrics. And over time, you'll be able to see which metric, meaning which engagement element became the most significant and you'll be able to accent them for future or to customize it for specific audiences.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, always better to have a a few different things you're you're measuring in that way. The one that's uh, the real lever um, sort of comes to the surface over time. That makes a lot of sense. Um, good stuff. What what didn't we talk about with regard to exhibiting at virtual events that you want to make sure gets mentioned?
1: Do more, absolutely. Jump in. I I am just. This is, I mean, since March, I've been jumping up and down, like, just get out there. This is something that we're all going to have to learn. And I know it seems like, well, I don't know, and and it's hard, and and you have to rethink what you're doing, but they're less expensive. They can be very productive. And by the way, if if you aren't thinking about it, I would suggest that you also add in a component of competitive intelligence at these events. You know, just from a look around at the exhibitors, you can do things that you can't do at a live event. That I would suggest, if that is your need, that you could really go to a lot of events and really do some strong competitive intelligence around what the marketplace and trends are. And this is a very efficient way to get it done.
0: Gotcha. Um, Well, good stuff. This has, I think, been. Uh, really helpful the um you know I think in the end I heard uh, a bunch of things i heard um, number one get in the game number two uh, be prepared uh make sure you're focused you've got the right materials that your team is prepared and then um different than a an in person event I also heard um that you you know it's all, I, I i when you were talking I was thinking, gosh, this is just like a gym membership right if if you you know, gosh, I, I, you know, I bought the admission to this virtual event, just like I bought the, the, the gym membership. But I didn't use the equipment, um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't show up and and do you know the activities. Um, to me, the third element of this is, is as I was listening, is you you got to show up, and and everybody's got to do the activities. You've got to, you have to be more proactive in the engagement. Side, simply because you're not going to be sitting next to somebody. You're not going to have those hallway collisions. You have to, you have to manufacture those. You have to create those and, um, and, and develop and, and be proactive in your booth and, and really um, engage people in a way that you might not normally do, um, not, not necessarily tripping people in the hallway, but, but having offers that, that the right prospects or prospects opt into. Um, and really uh, making that kind of engagement. Is it the, the kind of three good bullets to summarize with?
1: Perfect, and just because you t- just triggered one more thought in my <laughs> mind, I gotta add in one more, which is the user experience. Realize that people on the other side of your booth are new too, and if you think about what it's like for them to walk, in, walk into your booth, uh, you really want that user experience to be genuine, and to ask good questions, just like you would in person, but it's, a, it's they're unfamiliar with this platform and how it works and, and you have to sometimes point them to things and help them get the full experience. And so sometimes it feels a little like, oh, by the way, have you seen this? And, and this was an interesting question you just asked, by the way, click down here and you'll be able to download the leaflet on that. So it's just another, the UX piece of this is helping to educate them around what the booth is as well so just make sure you're conscious of that
0: perfect well this has been delightful and so our next installment so this one was about exhibiting uh we did Thank one on strategy on and our next podcast. one will be feel free about to reach out attending. if you have any so questions we'll, uh, or that can be of any service over the next couple days but like uh, please if you'd like if to you stay like in the know on podcast, episodes. if you like this uh, webinar uh, please like it and uh, get on the list so get out of our future communications. Uh, thank you, Kelly. It was fantastic. And uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you all soon.